Hey mama, so grateful you are here today. Today we're going to cover one of my favorite, favorite topics. We're going to go through 15 tips to speed up your postpartum recovery. So these are all the ways that you can really set yourself up for a smoother and more efficient postpartum return to fitness and to regain that confidence in your body again. So these are the things I want you to focus on in your postpartum recovery. And I've been feeling very called to keep focusing on this because I know it's one of the most challenging journeys to navigate, especially as a mom in the military or just as somebody who really takes a lot of pride in your fitness. And so today I've brainstormed my best practical tips for you. So maybe you're in a place where, you know, you're early postpartum and you can't help but kind of feel disheartened because it feels like you're starting from square one all over again. And maybe you feel like you've lost a lot of the progress you've made in your fitness over time. Maybe you are feeling a lot of pressure to meet certain fitness goals, whether it's getting back to the military fitness test or those standards on a set timeline. Maybe it's the body composition standards, the height and weight measurements. Maybe you feel that pressure to kind of prove yourself that you can come, even prove to yourself or to other people that you can come back strong and you can perform really well even after pregnancy. Maybe you're eager to just return to your normal fitness, but also kind of nervous about what you should or shouldn't do yet because you really don't want to make anything worse for your core or your pelvic floor. Maybe you're looking for reassurance that you will be able to get back to all the things that you want to do again and be where you want to be. And you just want to have some tips to help you get there. So I know we all want a faster postpartum recovery. We all want that quick bounce back. We're all usually dying to get back to our normal routine by the time we're, you know, even one to two, three weeks postpartum, when we're starting to feel good again, we're feeling a little bit more like ourselves again. The, the fog of the initial like week or so postpartum is kind of subsiding. We all want to, you know, get our bodies back. We all want to feel more like ourselves. We all want to lose our baby weight. We want to get back to the gym, get back to high performance. We want to prove that pregnancy doesn't mean that we have to lose our fitness. We want to fit back into our favorite clothes again. We may have this sort of love-hate relationship with the idea of bouncing back. It's like we hate the pressure and expectations and the societal guilt of this idea of bouncing back but at the same time we can't help but really want to do that <laughs> and we want those results and that's oftentimes the truth for us especially when fitness has been a big part of our life and our identity and maybe is a big part of your job and your normal and so it can be so hard I know to give yourself grace and to not beat yourself up about how far you are from where you want to be and especially if you are in the military too I know a lot is expected of you and you probably are very hard on yourself too you probably expect a lot of yourself in this area and so I just know it's it's hard to navigate all of these things, all the different dynamics that are at play, let alone, you know, figuring out how to deal with any maybe complications you didn't expect or a birth that didn't go quite as you planned. And it's also hard to navigate the kind of confusing and conflicting guidance out there and all those internal pressures that you're facing as well. And so we all want to know, like, how can we make the quickest progress toward your goals? So that's what we're going to go through today. So these are the tips that are going to help you speed up your postpartum recovery so you can heal and feel better. So we're going to cover this in two parts because I really want to make sure we're giving each the attention it deserves and we're going to dive deep. So let's get ready. Go ahead and grab a paper, pen, or a notebook and your favorite drink and buckle up for the ride because this is going to be a fun one. Taking these to heart is going to make all the difference in the world in a successful postpartum return. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ.
Ready to jump right in? All right, let's do this. Tip number one, know the signs and symptoms to be aware of. Familiarize yourself with the things that you should be looking out for and do not ignore these. We have to learn to listen to the voice that we've oftentimes trained and conditioned ourselves to push through as athletes or as military women who have to oftentimes do really hard things. And so let me go through the biggest ones that I want you to be aware of postpartum. So the very first one, early on, we're going to start with kind of early postpartum and then move into other things. So the first one that you're going to experience is bleeding. We all know we're going to experience bleeding postpartum in those first you know, three to six weeks from, and this was from where your placenta was attached to your uterus. It's not like a normal period blood. And this is going to transition from very red and very heavy to the lighter flow of kind of pinkish brown to yellow, yellowish white. And I want you to specifically pay attention to your bleeding when you start to add in movement. So when you're in early stages of recovery, when you're starting to kind of get back on your feet a little bit more after those first few days, when you're starting to get out there for more walks, when you may start to do a little bit of strength building, Whenever you start to increase your exercise, I want you to pay attention to your bleeding. What should be happening with this bleeding is that it should be going from that bright red to a bit more clear, and it should be going down, going down, going down. If you're starting to see your bleeding kind of in like a roller coaster, like it's starting to increase again, then I want you to think about what did I do in the last 12 to 24 hours? Did I start to do a little bit more intense movement than I did before? Was I on my feet more? Was I doing, was I putting my body through more than it may have been ready for? Because this is oftentimes the most humbling early reminder from our body to take it slow. And it's so hard to see the internal healing that's happening. But the reality is that where our uterus was attached or where our placenta was attached to our uterus is the size of a dinner plate. And that is the internal wound that is healing in our body. And so when it's hard to give yourself grace, when you start to feel like you're good to go, you don't see the things that are healing. You know, maybe you you had a vaginal delivery and it's harder to see versus a C-section, which is more of an external wound, right? That's healing. So in some ways it's easier to know like, okay, I got to take it slower when you have a C-section. But that's something, this is something to be mindful of. And so if you're seeing that increase in bleeding, it's really important to pay attention to. Another one is leakage or incontinence. And of course, you know, our pelvic floor has dealt with a very heavy load over time. And the constant load of postpartum of carrying a baby causes an extra stress to this foundation of your core giving birth was a major feat for your pelvic floor regardless of whether you had tearing or not if you did a vaginal delivery if you went c-section route you may have even started with a vaginal and then transitioned to a c-section so your pelvic floor still went through a lot but even if you had a c-section right off the bat it doesn't matter because your pelvic floor still went through so much through the stages of pregnancy and it still has to heal and regain its strength and so that's part of the healing process is regaining that reflexive adaptation of your pelvic floor. So that includes both the full function of making sure that it is able to maintain the tension that it should to support whatever demands it is. So the strength of your pelvic floor, but it's also when it's supposed to be relaxing fully and making sure that it is responding in the ways that your body needs it to, to function properly is really important. And if you're experiencing those symptoms of leaking, it either means you have your pelvic floor needs strengthening or it's actually overly tight and that can cause the symptoms as well. And that's kind of a less common known um, thing because we oftentimes think, okay, my pelvic floor is weak if I'm, if I'm leaking, but actually you could be holding on to extra tightness and that could be causing the symptoms. So that's something to be mindful of. 
Another one that I want you to be mindful of as far as symptoms go is this sort of pressure, heaviness, like a bulging sensation or feeling like your any of your pelvic organs are sort of descending. So of course, swelling, especially the vaginal delivery, swelling is going to be normal postpartum. You may feel that sense of heaviness or like feeling like a tampon might be falling out. But if you notice that those sensations are increasing over time, as you get to about the six to eight week mark, if it hasn't decreased or resolved, this is something you should seek further care on. Um, and that could be a sign of pel pelvic organ prolapse um, and there are certain degrees of it and different forms of it. And so that's something to be mindful of. Another one is your digestive system. So pay attention to how your like what your body is doing in terms of regulating its digestion. And the more easily you can poop when you can pass bowel movements through without causing extra strain in your pelvic floor, the better. And I know especially as you're dealing with any healing incisions, that's something that can be really helpful as stool softeners. And so just pay attention to that. Make sure you're, you're eating a lot of fiber and that's going to help you there. Other ones are, I really want you to be aware of any pelvic pain. So of course, if you, especially if you had tearing, you may be experiencing a little bit of that pelvic pain. But if that continues over time, that's also something that you don't want to just push through. And this can be pelvic pain when doing functional movements around the house or just in life when you're doing exercise. Pain with sex, that's a really, really big one that I can help you through. And so those are things that you can definitely seek support for. You do not have to just push through and deal with these things. I can help you manage some of these symptoms. A pelvic floor physical therapist can help you manage them depending on the degree of it. Um, you know, I can refer you out if that's something that, you know, you really need. And so don't be afraid to reach out. These are, these are not things that you, they may be common, but they don't have to be your normal. You don't have to just accept them and move on with your life. It doesn't have to be this sort of inevitable cost of motherhood as I think we oftentimes chalk it up to. And I pushed through these things for a really long time before I realized that help is out there and that I didn't have to just deal with them. So that's important to know. Another thing is diastasis. So you probably hear diastasis recti, the separation of your abdominal muscles along the, the linea alba, the midline of your abdomen. And this is something that there's a lot of kind of fear-based messaging out there about, but I don't want you to be afraid of it. And what we want to be mindful of here is we want to teach our body postpartum how to manage pressure well and manage pressure better. And when we learn how to manage pressure through breathing, through our proper coordination of our core and pelvic floor and breath, that's what's going to enable us to heal more quickly instead of exacerbating those symptoms or making our gap worse or just preventing it from healing functionally in the ways that it needs to and also aesthetically in its appearance. So this is going to really help you to confidently progress. And if you need more guidance on this, both my free postpartum guide and my program makes this a lot clearer. It takes the confusion out of all of these things from everything from symptoms to how to progress forward when you are experiencing symptoms. So the very first thing, my number one tip is always know what those symptoms are that you should be aware of. And oftentimes it's, this is not intuitive because nobody has taught us like what exactly we need to listen for. Oftentimes we hear the, the messaging, oh, just listen to your body, just ease back in, but that's super vague and what we all need is to know like specifically this is what I should be listening for and these are the red flags or these are the warning signs and these are the things that I can do when I start to experiencing those, experience those things so I don't feel stuck or um, feel like you know super disheartened along the way all right number two I mentioned it briefly but see a pelvic floor physical therapist or an occupational therapist who specializes in pelvic health I absolutely believe this should be standard of care and it's really disappointing that in our society it's not but know how to advocate for yourself and some tips here in terms of advocating for a visit to a pelvic floor physical therapist or a somebody who specializes in this is just to ask for it. Ask for it and be persistent. You know, don't 
prepare for a no, but, but don't accept that no. I want you to just be very honest with your OBGYN or your midwife or your primary care doctor of the symptoms that you are experiencing. Because again, so many of us experience these symptoms, but we feel like, okay, well, this is just part of it that I got to deal with. But no, no, no. We need to get the support that we actually need so that we can just go in and get on with our life without having to worry about these things and for them to bog us down on a day-to-day basis or make us be afraid of working out or make us be afraid of intimacy with our husband because we're afraid of experiencing pain with sex and that's that's not fun a fun base to be in and I know that because I've been there for a really long time and so you are your best advocate do not accept no and be dismissed in this if you do receive a no some things that you can do in the moment you can say, you know, I really feel like you are not listening to my concerns and I really, I have navigated this for a while and I do not want to be living with these symptoms. It's really impacting my quality of life, my daily life. These are the ways that it's impacting me and I, I absolutely want to see a pelvic floor physical therapist where they can give me a proper evaluation and assessment for a way forward. Like that's a good way to talk about it. Another thing you can do is you can ask for them to document that they are denying your request for a referral in your chart. And they're probably not going to want to do that. So they might be more willing to give you a referral. Another one is you can go to patient advocate if you feel like you're not being, your concerns aren't being addressed. Um, If they're saying, oh, you know, like your symptoms aren't high enough of a threshold to get a referral, that's kind of a BS answer. That That is, sometimes they can be stingy with referrals, but you deserve this, my friend. You deserve that you know, these barriers, sometimes it's a, honestly, sometimes it's a lack of knowledge or education on the provider's end. Sometimes it's this, you know, mentality of, oh, like, this is just what we deal with as mothers, or I've dealt with this for a long time, so like, they should have to deal with it too. Sometimes it's a lack of access to, you know, a number of, maybe there's not a pelvic health provider within the military hospital, and that's fine, but they need to refer you inside network to a civilian provider who can provide that specialty care. And so, like I said, there's many different ways, but do not accept feeling like you're dismissed for your actual needs. And another thing you can do is to search via different directories to find a local pelvic health professional. And a couple of the ones that you can look at are pelvicguru.com, pelvicrehab.com, or ptl.womenshealthapta.org. And when you look in those directories, you're going to find some locations nearby that specialized in pelvic health. What you can do is you can call those locations. You can ask if they take your TRICARE or your insurance, whatever your insurance is. So if you connect with them directly and you express, hey, this is what I'm going through, they're going to be much more educated on, you know, what those symptoms mean. And yes, like absolutely, those are valid reasons to come see us and they can help initiate the request for a referral from your doctor. And so if you're having a hard time going through your medical channels, that's a good way. It's kind of like a roundabout way um, to get in to see a provider. You deserve the support, so I just really encourage you, don't continue to push through it. This is not worth pushing through. Number three is ease back in. Give yourself the space to actually slowly progress into the things that you want to do. Apply the framework, learn, control, load, explode. So what this could look like with running, for example, I've got some really great frameworks for you for these are the exercises that help build you up to running again postpartum so that we're not going like our body 
is not going from zero to a hundred without being prepared for that because what's that that's going to end up leading to is actually worsening our symptoms it's going to cause complications or problems that we don't need to deal with if we just progressed up to it and so give yourself like the space to bridge the gap between where your body is and where you want it to go and what you want to get back to so with running we want to be building, we want to make sure we're building our core and our pelvic floor capacity, that we're building our lower body strength again, and that those things are foundational to be able to withstand, allow our body to withstand the impact of running, because the impact is really very, very high. And running seems like a simple thing because it's like we don't need any um, equipment for it. We just want to get back out there, and it feels like it's a quick way to maybe lose the baby weight or whatever it is, right? But it's actually one of the most complicated things we can put our body through after giving birth and so that I really want you to be aware of and my postpartum guide walks you through this my postpartum program gives you a bunch of workouts to progress you exactly back to running and then once you get back out into running we don't want to be jumping into running two miles immediately even if that's like what you're trying to get back to for your physical fitness test we want to ease back into it so we should be doing walk jog progressions we should be progressing our pace we should be probably using hills because going up a hill is actually less impact on the pelvic floor than straight flat terrain and so those are things that I guide you through step by step in my postpartum program and it's just really really helpful to be very confident that this is a demand that my body is ready for because ultimately we're going to slow ourselves down if we in the long run if we have to continue to like basically take a step back because we did too much too soon. You're going to set yourself back more. And so it's actually faster to ease yourself in early on. And the biggest thing I want to reinforce to you is that the fastest way to recover is actually going to be to give yourself the space to heal early on. In the very first about two to three months, that is the most vulnerable time for your healing, for your body. And so taking it what feels like super slow early on, and it's going to feel slow, but taking it slow, quote unquote, early on is actually going to be so much faster for you in the long run to get to your goals, to see the results that you want, to get back to the performance that you want to have. And so I just really encourage you to keep that in mind throughout this process. Number four is have a plan to follow. Having a proven plan is an absolute game changer because none of us have time or energy to figure out, you know, what to do when we have very limited time with a newborn, when we're managing all the demands that that brings, when we're returning to work, when you've got a million things on your plate and you do not have to spend hours in the gym and sacrifice all of your quality time with your baby and your family to see the results that you want. And I want you to be able to integrate it into your life in a way that is most efficient and to be able to steward your health and your body so that you can live out your calling fully and be the mom that you want to be, be the wife that you want to be, be the leader or service member that you want to be. And so you have to make the most of the, the time that you do have and having a proven plan that you can trust that's built out for you can just be such a difference maker because there is so much conflicting information out there that's going to lead you in a lot of different directions and it's so much better when you know the most effective exercises to do in what order at what kind of time frame in your postpartum recovery so it's just truly a game changer so if you want to learn more information about my program the link will be below so don't you know, don't hesitate in checking that out and exploring to see if that's the right fit for you. So I'll talk more about it at the end of kind of what to expect and frequently asked questions and things like that. But it's just such a game changer to have a plan to follow. All right, number five, know how to filter out the BS that's out there. <laughs> Let me give you some examples here of things that I've personally really been working on and through and what I've seen in our community, especially in the military community. So one thing that's out there 
in general is that most blogs, Google tends to be terribly outdated and just horrible quality of information. So I'm just going to tell you that straight up. There is so much conflicting information out there. There's so many black and white do's and don'ts. You know, this is diastasis safe. This is not. There's a lot of extremes, a lot of generalizations. And those things, the language that's often used is pretty terrible. So I'm just going to call it like it is. And a couple examples that I've seen in the military community, I, as I was going through the technical education and training course that's available for the army for the pregnancy and postpartum PT program a year or two ago. This was after I had gone through the rigorous education of the pregnancy and postpartum um, athleticism certification. I had done a ton of continuing education. I'm, I'm just a continual learner, so I will always be doing research and up to date with the latest evidence-based guidance that's out, that's out there. And our army program and by extension, the rest of what's out there in the military community and the different sister services is about 20 plus years outdated. We are so far from the latest guidance that's out there in the pre and postnatal fitness community that it is it is just terribly embarrassing. And I can tell you, I, as I was going through this program, I was literally texting and venting to my friend who's a fellow certified coach, Michelle Tebow who is also an army veteran and very passionate about this stuff. I was texting her the entire time and was just venting to her the entire time and like wanted to hit my head against the wall the entire time I was going through this training course because it was that terrible. And I had to hold myself back from (laughs) just wanting to tell everybody who was going through the course that this is, this is not correct information anymore. And I had to kind of be very tactful about the way that I was navigating that, of course. But what I did was I ended up having some sideline conversations with the leaders who were kind of managing this program and, and it's not their fault. They they don't have like the outside um, quality control mechanisms in place really to be able to update this guidance in a continual manner. And unfortunately, even the medical community, unless you're really passionate about pelvic health and staying up to date with all the research out there and um, the, the fitness side of things, it's not their specialty either. It's just not their scope of expertise. And unfortunately, we all end up kind of, we go to our six-week appointment, we hope to get medical clearance and we usually do by default. And we're like hoping for more than what we receive. We're like, am I really good to go? Like, that's it? I can just go back to everything I was doing before? And no, that's that's not true. That's not the case. And you're not going to set yourself up for the fastest, most effective postpartum recovery if, if that's the approach you're taking and if that's all the guidance that you have access to. And unfortunately, so many of us, that's the case. And in our Army program, one example that I will give you is that we had this outdated guidance. We had this postpartum recovery guide that was standard. That was a standard operating procedure, basically, that we were all receiving in the army. All the soldiers were receiving postpartum. And granted, getting back to our fitness is part of our job, and it's just an important part of what we do. And so it's just it's that important that we have good quality guidance. But we were receiving guidance that we should and can start running postpartum as early as two weeks after having a baby. And that for those who just aren't aware necessarily of what the latest information is out there, the best practices from the pelvic health community and from all the latest research from elite athletes all the way down to average moms who, you know, maybe going for a run every once in a while or, you know, going to the gym every once in a while or not working, working out at all. It doesn't matter where you fall in that spectrum. The best practices out there are to wait 12 weeks to return to running. And why is that? That might sound like forever, and I think it always does sound like forever when we're in the thick of it too, but it's because we have to build up our pelvic floor and our core's capacity for that demand again. We don't even realize how deep the... It's like we're recovering from an ACL repair. 
we have to look at the way our muscles and our tissues need to heal postpartum to really look at what the protocol should be to ease back into these things. And in any other kind of major injury, we'd be receiving pelvic, you know, or we'd be receiving physical therapy referrals. We'd be receiving a standard protocol to follow to make sure we're not doing too much too soon and setting ourselves back in recovery. But we don't get any of that as mothers, as standard of care. And it's just terrible the way that is. And so immediately, as soon as I saw that that guidance is what was being given, we requested the the redact, immediate redacting of that guide. And I was like, this thing needs to be removed from our repertoire of information that's out there. And we need to immediately fix it because that is extremely dangerous and damaging to postpartum women in their recovery. And that is, that is setting back women so much. And so it's that balance between, and then on the other end of the spectrum, there was like this over overly conservative approach to training through pregnancy. Like don't lift over, you know, 15, 20 pounds and like, you know, all of just so many things, so many things that were also missing in that. And so we weren't progressing women into the things we need to be able to do again, postpartum, but we also weren't showing them how to make sure that they're easing themselves in safely. So anyway, so we got the thing fixed, but I'm just giving you an example because there's so much terrible guidance out there. And if you don't have the kind of awareness of what to look out for, then you're just going to be blindsided by this. And unfortunately, we just have to be able to know how to filter out those things that are not necessarily trustworthy guidance. Another thing to really look out for that I want you to pay special attention to is a lot of the messaging that you're going to see and the the narratives that you're going to see and the advertisements you're going to see that are going to target your vulnerabilities and insecurities about your body. If you see a lot of messaging out there that's about get your body back, it makes you feel ashamed of your body, before and after photos, if you feel driven to look for solutions that you feel like if you actually take that step back and you feel like it's driven by shame or insecurity about your body, that's not necessarily going to be a healthy resource probably for you. It's just going to foster further damage in your relationship with your body. It's going to heighten body image struggles over time. So just ask God for guidance here. Help, Ask him to help you purify your relationship with your body with exercise so you can break free from being driven by the pressures, the insecurities, and the guilt or being driven to exercise because of how it makes you look or what it will do to your body and, and exercise more out of how it's going to make you feel, how it will fuel your contribution, how it will help you show up as who you're meant to be as a mother, to honor the gift that you've been given in your body and give it all back to God. And it's not what our body looks like that matters. It's what we do with it that matters. Yes, we are called to care for it, but we're not called to kind of control and fix our bodies. And that's what society is going to tell you you need to do so that you can be worthy, that you need to live up to a certain, you know, your body needs to look a certain way, or you just need to shrink your body or get thinner so that it can be beautiful. No, like I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way. And so yes, take care of your body. Yes, pursue your fitness goals. Yes, pursue those aesthetic goals that you have, but make sure that they're grounded in the truth of your body being beautiful as it is right now also, and that it is possible to continue to heal in your relationship with your body. So if you haven't yet, go listen to the episodes that I have that cover body image. I talk about it extensively in the postpartum recovery episodes in the beginning of my podcast launch, in recent episodes on your relationship with fitness, food, bodies during the holidays. Listen to those because we really dive deeply into that and how it kind of takes different forms and the things that we're triggered by and how we can really work through those things. So let me give you some specific things to look for in how to filter out the BS. What constitutes trustworthy guidance for exercise through pregnancy and postpartum? Number one, it's evidence-based or interdisciplinary. So it's going to be grounded in up-to-date research and it's going to be data-driven. 
So yes, experience matters, but when you're looking for, for guidance out there, it has to be based on comprehensive education at its core. Personal experience is oftentimes confused with qualified advice. But frankly, especially in the pre- and postnatal fitness space, just because somebody's a fit mom does not mean that they're qualified to give you advice. I'm sorry. If somebody has a fit-looking body immediately postpartum, or if they had a quick postpartum return that return themselves, that does not qualify them to give you advice. And when I give you tips and guidance and all these things, yes, I'm interweaving my, my experience in there, but that's not the basis of why I'm qualified to coach you through this. It's all of the extensive time, effort, energy, money, all of those things I've invested in educating myself with the highest quality education out there and continuing to pursue further education so I can just give you the best because that's what you deserve. You don't deserve anything less than that. So don't settle for anything less than that either. So I just really want you to, to allow yourself to filter out and to be very cognizant of, of who you're also saying no to as influences. The guidance that's given to you should be concerned not just about a healthy baby, so this is especially through pregnancy as well, but also a healthy mother. And it should focus on like what's going to help you pursue a lifetime of athleticism, and that's going to serve you now, but also in the long run. So the guidance you should receive should be well-rounded in the sense that it should be also acknowledging the challenges of body image, and as your body is changing and growing and evolving as you nurture and you give life, all of those things should be acknowledged. But again, if it's relying on fear-based or shame-based tactics to sell to you and preying upon your insecurities or using language like get your body back, that's a red flag, my friend. If it's making you feel that type of way, it's a red flag. You know, and, and I want, there's like a balance between being relatable and kind of knowing where you're at and understanding the struggle and understanding some of those desires but I'm not going to use that kind of language because I want you to shift away from that language when you're talking to yourself too and you're thinking about your postpartum recovery. So, you know, of course we're talking about how can we speed up our recovery, but it's not from the place of when you bounce back, you're going to be more worthy as a mother. It's going to mean you're a better mother, that that's what's going to qualify you as a good enough mom. No, that's not true. So it's that messy middle and the nuances where it's at. I think another thing is with that messy middle, it should neither be ultra conservative and it also shouldn't be ultra extreme. So it should not be looking for like, how do I run a marathon two, three months postpartum? And kudos to anybody who does that with their pelvic floor and core intact. But seriously, that is going to be like the 1% maybe at the most of the population out there. And most, I can tell you, when you look and you see women doing those things postpartum, I, this is not to judge or shame anyone who does, but the harsh reality is to include my own experience in this of coming back to the fitness test, doing a fitness test, six weeks postpartum, jumping back into my training immediately, all those things. Most of the time we're dealing with hidden costs of that. We are sacrificing our long-term health in order to do those things. We are dealing with urinary incontinence. We are dealing with pelvic floor symptoms, those nagging things that now we're going to deal with for the rest of our life because of the rush that we took to get back to things. So I'm, I'm giving you that hard truth because that's the thing. We can't see that. Those are invisible battles we're oftentimes fighting. So when we're comparing ourselves to the woman to the left or right and being like, hey, why is she doing all of this? Like, I should be able to do it too. And we're like, I should, you know, we, we have that competitive mindset of, okay, well, I got to keep up with her. 
you know, when that pressure comes and that pressure comes, the pressure to prove herself comes. When you're experiencing those things, my friend, take that step back and remind yourself she's probably going through things that I can't see. And she is probably, unfortunately, just not aware of the ways that this might be complicating her recovery in the long run. So remember, everybody's journey is unique. It's individualized. It's dependent on so many different factors. Many of them are outside of our control. And many of them are also based on, you know, everybody's experiences are different. Everybody has a different baseline. And just because we may have had a quote-unquote fit pregnancy, it also doesn't mean that that's going to mean for a quick postpartum recovery or a quick bounce back. And we oftentimes receive those comments. If we're, you know, able to continue to exercise through pregnancy, if we're able to maintain a certain level of fitness and we take pride in that, we oftentimes like experience the comments of, oh, you're going to bounce back so quickly and all this stuff. And it just fosters that mentality of like, okay, now I got to live up to that expectation too. And oftentimes they're unrealistic expectations that we're putting on ourselves. So just kind of going through those are some things to think about when it comes to like the bs that i want you to be filtering out in your own mind and also in in what you're kind of receiving as influences whether it's from social media whether it's from other people's opinions whether it's you know looking for outside um, perspectives of other people's stories and you're like looking for advice from a variety of facebook groups with other moms like just filter all those things out and know like this is what constitutes trustworthy advice and when we know better, we, ha- we have to do better. We are obligated to do better. And so as if you are a trainer in the military community, as a leader, if you are a fellow coach, if you are an athlete, if you're, you know, on the receiving end of any of these things, or if you're on the, the giving end of any of these things, like hold yourself to that standard, you know, otherwise you're shortchanging yourself or you're shortchanging the women around you. So you are worthy of this. You deserve to be empowered and supported in a way that honors the whole person. And that also makes sure that are giving you the best that you are receiving everything that you deserve. So know that if you're working with a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach who's certified and who, you know, continues their education, know that that is a foundation of integrity that their professionalism is built on. And so we're also going to know what's outside of our scope. We're going to know to refer you to further resources, you know, if it's outside of our education and expertise. We're not going to pretend we know things we don't. And so I think there's a humility there that's really important and not everybody's going to lead with that. And so that's a big value of mine. So, you know, you can always get that from me. And I just want you to really be very honest with yourself about where you stand on kind of where you're looking for information and be willing to adjust and to filter out and set boundaries for yourself there. All right. Number six, know how to modify and scale while you are continuing to progress into your goals postpartum. So some examples of, you know, I give you a framework for this in my postpartum program. I give you um, a methodology for this, even in my postpartum guide, my free guide. And so we're going to get into the depth of this so that you can really apply this confidently, but knowing how and when to integrate these into your plan that you're following or into your return to fitness is really critical. So some examples include adjusting your breathing, your core and pelvic floor engagement strategy, adjusting your weight or your load um, or your type of weight that you're using for the exercise, adjusting your body position. So for example, if you're building back up to push-ups and you're building strength in that, use an incline and no shame in that at all. You're, you're regaining your core control so that your body's able to manage that pressure effectively in addition to rebuilding your upper body strength and all of those things, your full body strength. And so those are things that you can adjust. Range of motion, tempo, 
number of reps and sets. So there's so many things that you can scale so that, again, you're not just jumping right into what you were doing before because your body's not as it was before and it's okay. You just got to meet it where it's at. And the fastest way to get to where you want it to be and to see the results you want is to actually meet it where it's at and to not shortchange that process and to not pretend that it's somewhere that it's not. So be honest with yourself. And one of the best ways to know that in the moment, if you're meeting your body where it's at and to be confident in progressing through that and to be confident in when to push yourself and when to kind of scale back a little bit is knowing those signs and symptoms that I touched on first. So that number one step, go back to those and make sure that you are very familiar with those and you always keep those in the back of your mind. All right. Number seven, This is going to be helpful across the board in applying all of these things and staying accountable in them. But get a coach or receive coaching through a program like the one that I offer you or build in accountability in different ways. You know, whether it's friends or other support, you know, members of your support community, your husband, building an accountability is just going to really help you continue to make progress when you feel discouraged, when it's hard to show up, when you, you know, feel like, It's hard to be patient with yourself in the process, and that's just going to help you fast track your progress. Number eight, set specific and tangible goals. So what do you actually want to be able to do? What do you want to be capable of? What do you want to get more confident in? What do you want to get back to or be able to do? And then what's a timeline that you're aiming for for this? And so then once you know those things, you can set specific goals to work up to those and then apply some of the other steps that I just gave you in how to progress to them incrementally key is step by step day by day right moment by moment so you're building your body's capacity over time for that next level demand all right friend we're going to pause there go ahead and listen to part two where we start with number nine and i don't want you to miss the rest of these tips to help you speed up your postpartum recovery i hope you loved this episode today sister i pray it encouraged you strengthened you stretched you and blessed you in some way today If so, would you mind stopping right now and sharing this episode with a friend who would benefit from it too? I would also love if you could take just about 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear what spoke to your heart the most. And lastly, go ahead and grab your free resources linked in the show notes to meet you wherever you're at in the season. Whether it's fitness through pregnancy and postpartum, dreaming and goal setting in an integrated way through motherhood, or overcoming the overwhelm, I got you covered. There you'll also find everything you need to know about working with me through either of my programs whenever you're ready to take that next step. Go fight the good fight, friend.